0: Hawkeye Nation podcast. HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs with you here once again. It is Friday, and here we go, guys. Uh, we're we're already Iowa-Penn State, number three versus number four, Kinnick Stadium tomorrow. This is an exciting game, and it's been an exciting week, and uh, th- there's a lot on the line here. You know, if, the, if if it goes the wrong way, the season's certainly not over. I was still in the driver's seat of the Big Ten West, get back to Indianapolis, win the Big Ten championship, and go to the playoff as a one loss team. But if you win this, all of a sudden everything really, really opens up for you. So uh, we've talked about this ad nauseum. We'll continue to do so. We'll have this game covered in all areas. Uh, but one of the things I wanted to do. And uh, I got this idea from Keith Murphy here in Des Moines. Uh, we did this a little bit of this on my radio show, our radio show, the Murphy and Andy Show, 1-3 uh, to 3 on KXNO in Des Moines or iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcasts as well. But um, we kind of went through some of the history of the Iowa-Penn State rivalry under Kirk Ferentz, and it got me to think that this is maybe the most fun rival that Iowa has had in the last 22 years. Uh, it hasn't always been great, but... And and you know there's not a trophy on the line. It's not a a border war or anything like that. It's it's not for even a division championship, right? But um, there have been a lot of games with Penn State that have come down to the end, uh, that have been thrillers that have had big implications where one team or both teams were highly ranked. And as you go through the last again 22 years of this rivalry, it just has really emerged to me that this is uh, this is maybe Iowa's most interesting. Big Ten rival and to capitalize on that or to talk a little bit more about that I want to go just year by year history through this this rivalry and play some audio uh, from some of the bigger games Uh, I, I wish when I talked with Rick Brown earlier this week I had thought to ask him about this from a historical perspective if you haven't heard that Hawkeye Nation podcast that we did on Tuesday. Rick and I talked about the kind of historical nature of this game. Uh, We stacked this season up and this team up against some of Ference's best teams and best seasons, and also talked about how this is likely the biggest game inside Kinnick Stadium since that 1985 number one versus number two game against Michigan. Rick was there. He told stories about that. He talked about Bob Stoops as a player. It was a lot of fun. Check that podcast out. But I didn't think to ask Rick about the kind of historical uh, perspective of this rivalry between Iowa and Penn State. So let's let's go through this a little bit here. And as I said, I'll, I'll bring audio into it whenever I can. Oftentimes, especially from the earlier games, uh, it will be from ESPN or ABC, courtesy of ESPN ABC, this audio. And then uh, from the later games, I got some audio from Gary Dolphin and Ed Podolak on the Hawkeye Radio Network, courtesy of Learfield IMG College. Uh, the, the It starts in in 1999. Iowa was a one-win team that year, one in ten. Uh, we all know, and that that was a loss to Penn State at Kinnick Stadium, thirty-one to seven in Kirk Ferentz's first game against Joe Paterno. I think part of the the rivalry, part of what's cool about this, is uh, Kirk Ferentz grew up in Pennsylvania. I believe he grew up a Penn State fan. I'm sure he, um, you know, saw Joe Paterno as a uh, as you know before all of the the downfall. Had certainly seen him as a you know an, an icon in in the sport. Um, probably a mentor in a lot of ways, and uh, so there was always like a little more juice with this rivalry between Kirk Ferentz and Penn State. Let's move on to 2000, and we're now through 20 games of the Kirk Ferentz career, and he is two and 18 as a head coach. You know, fans still upset that Bob Stoops was not the hire after Hayden Fry. So the Hawkeyes are one and eight on the season. They're riding a three-game losing streak into Beaver Stadium, and we will pick up the game in double overtime, where Iowa has scored to go up by three, and the Hawks are on defense.
1: First and ten for Richard Casey and Penn State. Intercepted, Iowa wins. Hawkeyes with the interception, the game is over. And look at the Hawks celebrate. Oh my goodness. Just their second win of the year and it comes
0: at Beaver Stadium before 94,000. 26-23, the final score. That win was followed the next week by a home win over 12th-ranked Northwestern. And even though the Hawks ended 3-9 that season, it had started to feel like Kirk Ferentz might be the right guy to get his team back, to get this team back to its winning ways. Uh, 2001, Iowa again beat the Nittany Lions 24-18 at home. So really started to see Kirk Ferentz uh, get over on Penn State. 2002, it's the first conference game of the season. It was another trip to State College two weeks after the game, which shall not be named in Iowa City. Penn State's ranked twel- 12th, but with eight minutes remaining, the Hawkeyes led 35-13. to Penn State rallies to score 22 unanswered points and tie the game in the fourth quarter. Iowa scores first in overtime, and then the Hawkeyes ask their defense to hold. Bills look the other way.
1: Incomplete. That's the ball game. The Hawkeyes storm into Happy Valley and steal one from the Nittany Lions in overtime. They withstood an incredible 23-point comeback by Penn State. And they've now won three consecutive times, four out of five against Penn State.
0: Three in a row against Penn State there in 2002, 42-35 the final score. Iowa was ranked 24th the following week when they hosted Purdue and the rest of that season is history. I would win a four straight over Penn State in 2003, and again, it was clear at this point that Kirk Ferentz had Joe Paterno's number. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. Moving to 2004, Iowa had a rough start to the season, 2-2 two and two after losses at Arizona State and Michigan, but two wins, including one over ranked Ohio State, had Iowa back on track heading to Penn State. Kirk Ferentz joins the team immediately after his father's funeral in what was obviously an emotional day and a classic example of old school Big Ten football. It was a pair of Kyle Schlicker kicks that had Iowa up 6-2 in the fourth quarter. And when the Hawkeyes were forced to punt from their own end zone, they made a gutsy call. And Bradley's going to take a safety.
1: Run around, kill some time, more flags are down. And David Bradley steps out of the end zone. They concede the safety.
0: I will win six to four. They wouldn't lose again that season, becoming Co Big Ten champions and beating LSU in a Capital One Bowl that none of us will ever forget. And uh, that six to four game is just you know it's 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 one of those where depending on kind of how you feel about football and about Big Ten football defensive football it's either uh, you know one one of those great games this great example or it's one of these laughing stocks of you know what what it could actually happen when Iowa and Penn State get together two thousand five and six Iowa and Penn State did not play in 07, Iowa lost twenty seven to seven at Penn State let's move to two thousand eight where a five and three Iowa team is coming off a loss at Illinois. Illinois. They host number three Penn State, who was undefeated nine and zero. Had eyes on the national championship. Kinnick Stadium was bonkers. One of the great atmospheres. I wasn't there, but from everybody who was, everybody who talks about it. That's one of the great atmospheres in Kinnick Stadium history. Uh, a, a night game against a, a top-five team, that's where top-five teams come to die, right? Iowa trails 23-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter, but a Sean Green touchdown closed the gap, and Ricky Stanzi led the Hawkeyes to the Penn State 14 with just six seconds left.
1: Penn State, number three in the country, hoping to not only play for the Big Ten title but the national championship, and those dreams could die right here. Daniel Murray out of the hold of Ryan Donahue from 31 yards away. And you'll know in a moment
0: if this one's good.
1: High snap. Kick is on the way. It is good.
0: Oh, what a night inside Kinnick Stadium, ending Penn State's national championship hopes there. Uh, And and a great kick by Daniel Murray. Uh, That that was a a fun game. Uh, 2009. Before we knew how good Iowa would be, they had eked out a win against you and I with back-to-back field, blocked field goals. They had trashed a bad Iowa State team and then beat Arizona at home. But number 5 Penn State took a 10-0 first quarter lead in Beaver Stadium. Iowa kept coming, though. A safety and a field goal made it 10-5 at the half. That remained the score as the fourth quarter, quarter began, and Penn State looked to punt the ball away. So the left-footed one, Boone standing at his own
1: 39. Blocked. Scooped up. This is gonna be a Hawkeye touchdown. This is Claiborne, the big defensive end. Blocks it and takes it in. And the Hawkeyes take the lead. A stunning development here in Happy Valley.
0: Everybody remembers where they were when they watched Adrian Claiborne take that one to the house. Uh, the Hawkeyes win 21-10, to and they wouldn't lose until the fateful Northwestern game ended the undefeated season. I was 9-0 at that point. Of course, they finished that year by just stomping Georgia Tech in the Orange Bowl in one of the great defensive performances we've ever seen. 2010, in a season that was ultimately disappointing, Kirk remained a thorn in Joe Paterno's side with a 24-3 to win over a ranked Penn State team. In 2011, Iowa lost 13-3 to at Penn State. Early in the season, it was the last time that Joe Paterno would coach against the Hawkeyes later that season. Uh, he would be ousted or retire or resign, or however that ultimately uh, ended. In 2012, a 4-2 Hawkeye team lost 38-14 to at home to Penn State. And the Hawkeyes wouldn't win another game en route to a four and eight season, dark times to be sure. Twenty thirteen and fourteen, they did not play. In twenty fifteen, they also did not play Penn State. And Penn State's lucky they didn't get to see that Hawkeye team. In uh, twenty sixteen, Iowa lost at number twenty Penn State forty one to fourteen, just an absolute beatdown. And that felt super deflating. It felt like that season had had gone away at that point until the following week. When I will beat number two Michigan at home at night at Kinnick Stadium. Let's get back into some audio here in 2017. Now we're getting to some heartbreak. Uh, as as much as Kirk Ferentz has had or, or did have Joe Paterno's number, James Franklin has had Kirk Ferentz's number. Uh, 2017, the Saquon Barkley game, 358 all-purpose yards. Penn State put 579 yards but had only scored 15 points. Akron Wadley had a huge game. 70-yard touchdown catch, and then a 35-yard touchdown run with just over a minute left to put Iowa in front, 19-15. But in what felt similar to the 2015 Big Ten Championship, although not as long or as drawn out as that final drive, Penn State drives the field and has one last chance on the final play of the game.
1: One stop away defensively, 19-15. It is fourth and goal, just inside the eight, here we go. Four receivers, and Barkley, McSorley, you gotta respect his feet, he can run. Can the crowd help the Hawkeye defense one more time? Here's the snap, he's back to pass, into the end zone, caught, touchdown, game over. Penn State escapes Kinnick Stadium with as hard-fought a game as you'll ever see. 21-19. Ugh.
0: That one hurts. That that still hurts to hear. It, it I can still see it in my head. Uh, just an incredible throw, a great catch, a really good play, and a gassed Iowa defense that had done all it could all day long. I mean, you give up 579 yards, including 358 to the best player in college football, and you've only given up 15 points until the final play. A brutal, brutal loss. 21-19, again, an instant classic, but Iowa's first loss of that 2017 season. The very next year, 2018, 6-1 Iowa ranked 18th at 17th ranked Penn State. It is 17 all at halftime. Penn State scored 10 unanswered in the third quarter. Iowa got a touchdown back in the fourth and had moved the ball to the three with three minutes left, looking for the winning score and I know you're here with me as well. Iowa's offense looked confused. You can see this play in your head if you shut your eyes. I don't, I don't recommend that. Some sort of miscommunication between Nate Stanley and Noah Fan happens. And instead of calling the timeout or throwing the ball away, this happened. Now the Hawks have to finish a drive off
1: in order to get the lead. 328 to go. Right in front of the student section. It's really loud there. Here's a snap to Stanley, here comes a late blitz. They throw it, it's picked off, intercepted. Penn State grabs it at the two yard line. Stanley had to throw it sooner than he wanted. And a dagger a killer
0: a killer it was that was another brutal loss it felt like Iowa had, had been giving games to Penn State at that point 30 to 21 the final score there Penn State wins the Hawks would lose the next two to Purdue and Northwestern does that sound familiar uh, before rebounding and beating Illinois and Nebraska as well as a pretty good Mississippi State team in the Outback Bowl and uh, and wrapping up the 2018 season in a, in a pretty positive way in 2019 Iowa had just lost at Michigan but was still ranked 17th Penn state was ranked 10th when they came into Kinnick a late Nate Stanley interception sets up the scoring drive to put the game away for Penn State 17 to 12 the Hawkeyes would only lose one more game at Wisconsin before rolling into the holiday bowl and trouncing USC finally 2020 a strange season in a strange world Penn State is 0 and 4 when Iowa comes to town, and this one wasn't close. Back to pass. Picked off. Intercepted. And lumbering
1: the other way is Davion Nixon. Forty, you got to see this to believe it. He's going to score a touchdown. He's going to score a touchdown. What athleticism. Davion Nixon picks off Sean Clifford. And Davion Nixon, how about the moves he put on Sean Clifford?
0: Anytime you hear Dolphin Eddie that happy, you know the game is going well. 41-21, a blowout in the final game. A rare blowout in this series uh, and, and it's certainly rare for Iowa to blow Penn State out. Here's the thing, guys. Neither team has lost since that game. Penn State had, uh, rattled off Four in a row to end their season last year and has won five in a row now, has won nine in a row. And that was part of Iowa's six-game winning streak to end last season. Iowa, of course, 5-0 and now and has won 11 straight games. Neither team has lost since the last time they played. Somebody's going to take an L on Saturday afternoon. It's going to be a fun one. All right, one more thing here before uh, before we get out of here. I mentioned earlier uh, in, in one of the podcasts about finding some audio from Jim Zabel from 1985. Again, a lot of the talk about this game is this is the first top five matchup inside Kinnick Stadium since that remarkable, historic, you know, iconic one versus two, twelve to ten win over Michigan inside Kinnick Stadium in 1985. Uh, here is some audio from that game. This was put together at some point for something by the late, great Jim Zob.
1: Well, there's been 55 minutes of football played, and we still don't know who's number one in the country because it all can be decided this last five minutes. Big play, third and 10 Iowa at their 22-yard line. Here's Long back to throw once again. Can he find somebody? Yes, he finds Mike Flagg, and Flag pulls his way up for the first down. gain just on sideline just enough for the first down about six <laughs> inches yeah That's, big mike there it. we go there's the signal right and lowered his head and pulled his way forward and you can tell it's the first down catch it from the crowd out there uh, what <laughs> a cool play by mike flag and chuck long third down and six for the hawkeyes at the 22-yard line 54 seconds to play long with the ball hands up and it's that right to the middle and it is a first down oh, david hudson so? seconds three seconds two seconds Iowa calls timeout it's all gonna be on this field goal and Rob Hoplin who has converted three so far now has a chance to win this ball game. it's as simple as that if there was a minute or two left then I bet on Iowa getting into the end zone with a touchdown but second down and seven at the 16 yard line it's gonna be slightly an angled kick to a lot of times but it's a lot different than before 66 thousand people against the number one defense in the country two seconds on the clock well, whichever way this goes Jim this was a great football game tremendous football game a well fought game both teams should be proud of the performance that they put in today both of them answered the bell played like number one and two in the country and it all comes down to the very last play of the game and what a what a great way for it to end Michigan 10 and Iowa 9 classic will hold and Rod Howland will attempt the kick. All right, and now we're just about ready for football history one way or the other. Just about ready for the play. The center ball is snapped. The kick is up, and it's long enough. And I- oh! I can't say it any better than this crowd is saying it. Right now, I think listening to it is the, the most beautiful sound I've ever heard. Let's open crowd. up the windows here. Iowa, totally. And Michigan, I listen to the crowd. They just won't stop. But I don't blame them. What a game. If you miss this one, you miss one of the all-time greats. Maybe the greatest game played. Number one against number two. There's not a fan that's even thought about leaving this stadium. They're all standing in their seats. As loud as they can, those that the ten thousand that are on the field are streaming from there. But it's just so wonderful. Oh, to see this man. crowd enjoy the a moment. The like whole that. field is just covered with fans, and they're just mobbing the players. Hayden Fry has got the field at the absolute pinnacle of a fabulous coaching career reached today. And Hawkeyes number one, you bet they're number one. Jim, you think of all the clutch plays in that last drive. It wasn't only the kick of Rob Hatland. But the catches by Mike Flag, the big catches, and Chuck Long waiting and waiting until he cleared the linebackers to get the ball to him. And the runs of Ronnie Harmon. Ronnie Harmon, what a day! Over 100 yards rushing, over 200 yards in total offense. 121 yards by Harmon, plus the three over 300 yards by Long himself against the number one defense. Oh, man, you promised to buy me the biggest <laughs> yeah, steak in town, did right. you, huh? I could tell. Is that what By you promised? House, you got it, too, Okay, brother. right. The best. pick it up. The best and the biggest. Uh, a little meat on the hook. Right? <laughs> yeah. okay. And they yeah. have seen the kick now three times on replay, and it's gone to every time. <laughs> and you know something, Jim? They've quit playing. In heaven, there is no beer. here in Iowa City during the games, but they're letting them play it now. And the fans <laughs> love it. Are they dancing the polka? And Bump Elliott's now here in a booth with us, and he said they can have the goalposts. That shows you your program's really made it, but uh, no one even tried to <laughs> tear them down. Oh, the happiest guy in the world has got to be Hayden Fry. The second happiest guy has got to be Bob Elliott, but the number one happiest guy is Jim Zabel. I've been through 37 years of this, and I've taken all that mission stuff all these years, and to have Iowa win and come out and do the job that they did, today, number one against number two, I can't describe how I feel. It's just overpowering. Iowa 12, Michigan 10, Rob Howland, four field goals.
0: That is awesome. <laughs> That's goosebump stuff right there. I love it. I love it. I love it. Jim Zabel, uh rest in peace, my friend. I hope that uh, that Iowa can do some special things uh, this, this season. Here we go, guys. 3 o'clock tomorrow. Let's do it. A lot on the line, man. The, the talk is going to shift a lot one way or the other going into next week. Buckle up. Enjoy this. It's rare. It's rare that we get games like this, guys. It's it's rare that we have moments like this. This is what we want as a, as sports fans. Uh, I know there's anxiety. I know there's nerves. Um, you know, I don't know how much sleep there will be tonight. How much, uh, uh, you know, lunch and 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 breakfast there will be eaten. I've got a bit of a stomachache already. But this is what it's all about. This is where we want to be. Enjoy it. Thank you so much for listening. And go Hawks.